0: Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Randor ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy.
1: Romans 15:4 says. Romans 15:4 says, for Whatever things were written before were written for our learning. All the things, all the scriptures and all the illustrations, all the, all the things in the Old Testament, the events and the accounts of the Old Testament, uh, in the New Testament, all the, the word of God will teach us a whole lot. It was written for our learning. That's why you read the words, so you can learn from the experiences and the failures of others. All your lessons don't have to be hard learned. You can learn from the failures of others in life and from Scripture, that we through the patience and comfort, the Scriptures will comfort you, of the Scriptures might have hope. The scriptures will fill your heart with hope. Listen, beloved, our best lessons are learned through trials. Not good times, not when we have it our way, not when we're getting what we want, how we want it, the way we want it. The best lessons are learned through our trials. Therefore, don't you dare miss the lesson that God is teaching you, lest you Have a repeat course. You don't want to repeat the course of trials. The first thing you need to ask yourself, don't don't ask yourself this, why me? Stop asking why me because God will look at you and say, why not? Why not? That's the wrong question. You say, what is the right question? The right question is, Lord, what are you teaching your servant through this? What do you want me to learn? There's something you are trying to tell me. And father, help me to know what you are teaching me. I don't want to go through this anytime soon. I want to get it right. And I want to pass the trial course. So what are you teaching me? Not why me, but rather, what are you saying to me through this? Wow. Number five, in the midst of hurt, pain, difficulties, trials, misunderstandings, live in hope. Live in hope. If you fail to live in confident expectation that God will bring a breakthrough or deliverance, you will give up, you will live in fear, and you'll be distressed. Live in hope. Don't have a gloom and doom perspective. Don't be a pessimist. Live in hope. If you fail to live in confident expectation that God will bring a breakthrough or deliverance through whatever it is, a child, a sickness, a disease, on a job, trying to get to the next level, in education, in a course, a career, Some kind of change or transition in life. Trust God for the breakthrough. Trust him for the deliverance. You'll give up, you'll live in fear, and you'll be distressed if you fail to have a confident expectation in God himself. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 through 8 says, Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. When your hope is in God, you are blessed. When you don't make the team, when there's an injury as you play on the team, when you don't make the grade, when you can't pass the bar, when you can't pass the nursing exam, when you can't get the license, uh, when, when it's not working out, trust God. Live in hope. Live in covenant expectation that God will provide a breakthrough in his time. Jeremiah 17 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by water. He's planted. And some of you can't get to the next level because you're not planted in the word. You're not planted in the church. You're not rooted long enough in the soil of the word to grow, to be a mighty tree for God, to bloom, flourish, and bear fruit. You can't grow and you can't survive your trials having poor church attendance. Coming, oh, it's a little cold. I admire the fact that you're here today in 30 degree weather. Praise God, Amen. Praise God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Could be me and my family, and but thank God that you are here. And if it's 20 degrees uh, tomorrow, folk will be at work in time to have coffee. Isn't it horrible that we do God so wrong? And to get that dollar, we'll come before time and have some coffee with our coworkers. Listen, God is good. How I many of y'all know he's good? And you, you cannot grow to the fullness of your potential being transient, being a church hopper. You're just going here to there. You find something you don't like. Listen, there's no perfect church. There's no perfect people, no perfect pastor, no perfect musician. By the way, no perfect you. So stop looking. So, it's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Listen, I'm enough all by myself. I got so many issues that I deal with. I don't have time to be looking at your imperfections. Amen. There's that, that, enough issues with me that'll keep me busy the rest of my life. Won't y'all say Amen. We're we in this together. We're in this together. Stop being transient. Come to evening service. Come to the Holy Communion. Come to the Lord's Supper. Do this in remembrance of me. It's cold. Come in the evening. Listen, there was a time when you were young, you were just putting your shoes on at nine o'clock to go cut a step. Now Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all knew how to shake, rattle, and run. You were all over the place. Now you old and have pain and all that kind of stuff, and uh, now you you dry on God, dry on God. What? Well, listen. The older you get, the more life you ought to have, the more spiritual gusto you ought to have. You ought to have in the evening time the spirit that says, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I can't wait to come to the Lord's table to recognize and honor the one who shed his blood for me, who died for me, who rose for me, and who's coming back for me. Come on here, children. We go into the house of God and take the elements to the glory of God. To the glory of almighty God. You got to be still. You got to be rooted. You can't be transient. You can't be all over the place and expect God to do mighty things through you. Settle yourself down spiritually. Settle down. Be still. Be still. You're going to hear something you're not going to like. You're going to see something you're not going to like. But God has said, look at me. You come to church to look at Jesus. You come to church to look at Jesus so you can grow up. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. Sometimes you're under the pressure. So the heat comes. There could be surgery. Disappointment, trial, unexpected job change, loss of job, a huge challenge, a big elephant in the room in the marriage. And on and on it goes. When the heat comes, you'll not fear of the terrorism and global terrorism and all the things that's going on. Get, Get out of the media. Don't live in it so much. Know what's going on. I'm not saying live ignorantly, but once you know, then let it go. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. That's when your time of lacking, time when the finances don't add up times when you're wondering how you're going to get your children through college, times when you're wondering when will that next raise come and all these things. You'll not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. God wants you to be fruitful in the midst of drought. Number six, uh, for those who need encouragement, and I think we all do, because you don't know, this message is also, you said, well, you know what, I... I'm not in pain. I'm not having a trial right now. But what are you about to go through tomorrow? Maybe this message is preparing you for what's on the way. So wake up and pay attention. Number six, the Lord allows tribulation, persecution, and pain into our lives that we may be able to comfort others who are going through troubled times. The Lord allows tribulation, persecution, and pain into our lives that we may be able to comfort others who are going through times of trouble. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, in all that we may be able to what? Comfort those who are in trouble. We go through our trials, we go through our discouragements, our disappointments, our failures, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God permits you to go through certain things, not just for yourself, But God is ministering to you because he's going to use you as a vessel of honor to minister to others who were once, who are right where you were. I had a call last night from a pastor, a friend of mine. He called and I had my my Bible and my books and paper all over my laps as I was sitting on the corner of the bed and the phone rang about 9.30, 10 o'clock. I said, now who could this be? It's one of my pastor's friends. As a matter of fact, he preached here a few months ago, and he just said, Pastor, the Lord just led me to call you. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, the guy I grew up with, since I've been known since 16 years old, and he's one of the preachers in the church, and he's about 62 years old, he died suddenly of a massive heart attack. And uh, his, his church is not that big at large, and he said the church has just rattled and everybody's in shock. I'm in shock. He was my longtime friend and he was a faithful servant of the ministry and uh, we can't believe he's suddenly gone and I have to preach tomorrow. I said, somebody said they would preach for me and I said, I preached myself. I said, well, you you did right. He said, I said, why? You called me. He said, I called you because I remembered your son dying of a massive heart attack. You see? So, I was able to comfort him because he's dealing with a longtime friend and preacher in the church who was a very faithful servant who died suddenly of a heart attack. And so he knew, he remembered my experience and called me for comfort and consoling. And I was able to do that and minister the word of God to him this very message. I said, let me, I said, so-and-so, God had you call me because what you need to hear is right on my lap right now. Let me give you some words that I'm about to preach tomorrow. And by the way, when you, you stand and preach because you know where the congregation is, and you don't, have to be, you don't have to preach an everlasting message to be effective when you're hurting. I say, just if you don't speak for 20 minutes in the Lord, that's good enough. God will take that and do worlds of eternity through a 20-minute message. Let me encourage you, and I pray with him. But God allows us to go through these things so that we can be a tremendous source of comfort to people who's going to be right where you once were and you'll be able to speak a timely word. And people like to talk to people who've been there. So that's, that's very critical and very, very important uh, to the glory of Almighty God. After you've been healed of your pain, and comforted by God's blessed assurance, then you are the best candidate to minister to others who are in the midst of their pain and assure them of God's love, assure them of God's peace, and assure them of God's comfort. Number seven, as we go through various trials of life, listen closely, people of God. As we go through various trials in life's journey, We must count it all joy. Count it all joy. Many of you are going through the book of James right now. As we go through various trials in life's journey, we must count it all joy. James 1, 2, chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, talking to the people of faith, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Trials come in all kinds of forms, all kinds of packages, and they are all impacting. In other words, believers, what is James saying? Believers are to count it all joy when going through trials because the Lord's ultimate purpose for trials is to strengthen you. He strengthens us through trials. He strengthens us. He matures us. He grows us. He develops us through the trials, through the hurts, through the pain. You know, it is through those trials. He says, count all joy because I, I, I'm increasing your faith. Your faith is going to be stronger. You're going to cope with life better. You're going to be more disciplined. You're going to see things from a different perspective. Count it all joy because I'm going to increase your faith. He says, James is saying, count all joy because through your trial... It's going to produce patience. Immature people are quite impatient, but it is through trials that we have an increase of patience, which teaches us to wait on the Lord. To wait on the and most blessings are missed in life because of our inability to wait on the Lord. Waiting can be so hard because we want what we want right now. God can also use trials to break us. God can also use trials to break us to the point until we utterly depend upon him. You know, trials has a way of breaking our pride because we had it together. Uh, we know so much. We're so intellectual. We're so knowledgeable. We got so much experience. We've been so many places. You're a candidate for the who's who society. And God says, "Wait a minute! I'm going to break you, because you you can't really use a man or woman until that man or woman has been greatly broken. What good to you is an unbroken horse? Can you ride him? No, he'll throw you to Timbuktu. That horse has to be written on, and you have to lock in on him. He's going to jump and trick and, and kick, and you know you be, it's rodeo time. You see how they do." and they'll throw you off. And if they win that round, they still while until you stay on them long enough to let him know you're in charge. And sometimes God has to wear you down and break you down to the point that you realize that the Lord's in charge. Do you hear know what I just said? Then we say, oh God, I don't have an answer. I'm helpless. I'm stuck. God said, now I can use you. Now you can listen to me. Your knowledge was in the way. Your position at the job was in the way. You had too high of a view of yourself. Now you're just where I want you so you can hear my voice. God cannot greatly use a man or woman until he has greatly broken them. And I tell you, breaking people hurts. Hurts. Wow. (sighs) Wow. So let's be mindful of that. Number eight, because adversity is inevitable in life. It's inevitable. It's going to come. Because adversity is inevitable in life, don't be surprised when it comes. It's expected to come. You're not exempt from trials. Nobody said you will have an easy path. Nobody promised you that. Uh, don't be surprised when it comes. Job 2.10b says, Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. When you're going through tough times, hush your mouth, trust God. You start talking too much, you, you talk yourself in trouble with God and you misrepresent him, and you become a poor testimony. Be a person of few words when you're going through the trials, lest you say the wrong thing and dishonor God with your lips. It says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Hush up. Don't talk too much. And when you talk, give God the glory. John 16, b also says, in this world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's nothing in the world when Jesus was here that he did not overcome. He says, and I'm the same God, and I can overcome anything in your world. I'm God. You can't say, God, you don't understand. Yes, I do. I've been there. I know what it feels like to be mistreated, to be spat upon, to be ridiculed, to have a beard plucked, to be humiliated and shamed, and even worse, crucified. He says, be of good cheer, I've overcome. As saints, we should accept the bad as well as the good. Now, we like the good, but we don't want the what? Bad. Oh, God, keep the bad away. Give me all the good. What if God gave you all the good for the 80 80 years you live? You be the most messed up person on this side of the Mississippi. God's going to see to it that life is not all good. (laughs) We should accept the bad as well as the good, understanding that God is sovereign and that in the midst of trials, in the midst of trials, he's orchestrating the events of our lives and he's actually shaping and developing our spiritual character. He's developing your reputation. He's developing your character. He's refining you. He's spiritually fine-tuning you so he can get better results out of your lives. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. All things are working together for your good and his glory even when we don't understand number 9 like paul the lord desires us to have the right attitude and spiritual perspective in the midst of trials now you got to get that because if you miss that you will have a repeat trial course like paul the lord desires us to have a what kind of attitude the what kind of attitude right attitude Oh, Lord, eternal pity party. Everything's wrong. Here's, here come bad news. He, she's bad news. Here she come. Watch what she's she coming, y'all. And some, these bad news people, sometimes you find a way to duck and dodge because you get tired of their bad news. They're just bad news when they come. So like Paul, the Lord desires us to have the right attitude and spiritual perspective. See things from God's point of view in the midst of trials. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9b, therefore most gladly I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You put the power of Christ on display with the right spirit and the right attitude and words that honor God. Paul says in the midst of his trial, in the midst of the thorn and the flush, he says most gladly. Underline that. Some of y'all go right past it. Most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that God is in control. He know what he's doing. And if he chooses not to move the thorn, his grace is still sufficient. Most gladly, I will bear this for my Lord and my God. Acts 5, 40 through 41, it says, and they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council. Look at this. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Underline that. That's that's antithetical to the way we believe. Verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of the Lord Jesus. There's another passage on rejoicing. Hang with me. In first Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. First Peter four, twelve and thirteen, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you. In other words, when strange things begin to happen to you, don't think it's so strange as though some strange thing happened to you. Verse 13, look what it says here again, the thing. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. We're not suffering for Christ because we stole a ham out of H-E-B. You suffer from being a thief. Why don't you say Amen. We're talking about suffering for Christ, not suffering because you're lying, cheating, stealing, and being hellish.
0: We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things he says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.